Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. I'm Betsy Jewell and I'm thrilled you're listening. If you're a loyal listener, then you're well aware that I am passionate about today's topic. In this episode, I'm joined by Tom Pike. Tom is the founder of Jump Education, an educational consulting service that helps families and teens understand the benefits of early college and how to access that path. I'm all about helping young people find the path that is best for them, and the early college path is one that is definitely worth exploring. During our conversation, Tom explains what early college is, and the types of students that will do well with early college. He also outlines the many benefits of early college related to mental health, finances, engagement, customization, and educational outcomes. It's no secret that our public school systems are struggling due to lack of teacher retention and outdated requirements and standards that just don't fit today's learners. If your teen is fed up with high school and has lost their passion for learning, Sit down next to them and hit the play button. You won't regret it. Now let's get started. Hi, Tom. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Hi, Betsy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be here and I've been looking forward to it for a couple of months now. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm glad we were finally able to connect. So before we get started, because this is a topic that I am super interested in, um, will you just give a quick introduction to my audience, kind of who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Uh, So my name's Tom Pike, and I've been, uh, I've had a master's in counseling psychology and been a licensed counselor for about 20 years, uh, working primarily in higher education. Um, The first um, seven years was in a university setting uh, in New Hampshire. And then for the last 13 years, we moved to Oregon. And I've been working in a community college setting, um, doing mental health counseling, uh, a lot of career and academic advising, and also teaching college success courses and financial literacy courses. So kind of shifted careers about the age of 40. And I'm so happy I did. I'm, I'm, I love education and mental health and specifically teens. Yes, I'm a midlife career shifter too toward teens and education. So we have that in common. Um, It's always kind of been a passion of mine and I've gotten involved through volunteering and situations like that. But um, it's great to be working in this space and meeting people like you. So our topic today is early college. And it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Early college, but there's more to it than just that. So can you kind of give your definition of early college? Absolutely. Um, There are quite a few definitions or varying definitions, depending on where you are in the country or even district wide between districts within states. So when I say early college, um, I'm, I'm talking about uh, pathways that, that help 
traditional high school teens transition away from traditional high school and basically go full time uh, to community college and uh, use, uh, you know, dual enrollment kind of double dipping techniques to at the same time meet their high school diploma requirements and earn a year or two of college credit for free. So some people, you know, early college programs can mean different things. Some traditional high schools say we have early college and it means they can let their student take a class in the high school setting. That's supposedly a a college credit, but a lot of colleges don't actually accept those credits because they were taught in high school and all the kids were um, of the same age in the classroom. So early college for for me and, and and our business, Jump Education, is talking about tracking students out of traditional high school settings either through charter school or homeschooling and, and having them be uh, full-time uh, community college students. And who is this best for? Like what type, I know students that I think this would be a great fit for, but who do you see as being the most successful in this type of environment? That's a great question. And one that's a lot of, I hear from a lot of parents, like the last thing we want to do is direct our teens into something that's a just a train wreck for them. And then So uh, the state of California actually passed legislation about five years ago, um, uh, subsequent to doing some studies about early college and and finding out, like, is this something that's working for teens? And if so, we'll legislate that we need to promote it as a state. Um, The state found that it was there were four categories that they found that it was that it was good for. One were the academic overachievers, kind of like your older son who's just an academic omnivore and wants to sink his teeth into as many AP classes as possible. Um, So early college can give um, academic overachievers um, more classes to choose from. And, and frankly, you know, even if you take as many AP courses as you can in a traditional high school setting, um, if you go to early college instead, you'll earn about three times as much credit. So it's a much faster way to accrue credit. So the state said academic overachievers are served. They also said academic underachievers were well-served, which is kind of ironic. So and we all know people in our lives who are really smart, and they just aren't feeling like high school is relevant to them. They're not engaged, and they lose interest and get a GED and drop out. Um, so the underachievers aren't necessarily underachieving because they're not capable of achieving. They're underachieving because they're not interested in the way the curriculum is being delivered, Maybe they're not interested in the social environment. They just check out. Um, So the state found academic over and underachievers. Also, the teens that are interested in going into trades um, or or allied health uh, professions. You know, when I was in high school, I was super interested in trade careers and and metal shop and wood shop and auto shop. Um, I went to college, but um, a lot of my friends in high school weren't really college bound and they just felt like they were spinning their wheels in high school waiting to graduate so that they can go and get trained to work in the trades. So with early college, uh, a teen can start in a community college setting as a, you know, say a junior in high school and simultaneously get their high school diploma and maybe a two year auto mechanics or diesel technology degree or manufacturing and engineering so they can or go on and be an LPN or some sort of, you know, dental assistant or so it, it, it can sidetrack those students in high school that aren't really wanting to be there and they just want to go work in the trades or in allied health fields. They can save them a couple of years of time and a lot of money. And then there's the other student that just doesn't really fit in socially for a lot of different reasons. 
the social environment in high school can be stressful. And those students can be really well served to just step off that treadwheel. They can still play sports in high school. They can still actually take classes oftentimes if they want. Um, but they can take all, most students choose to take all their classes on the community college and then maybe play sports. So the short answer to the question, the state of California determined, to me, that's about 80% of the students in high school would be well served. So it's a, it's a broad swath of people. That's really helpful information. And I actually know kids in each of those groups who would, I think would benefit as well. So we're in a place right now in our world where kids are really struggling with mental health. And um, I love that you have a psychology background as, or a counseling background as well. Is that right? Yes. Masters in counseling. Masters in counseling. Okay. So how will this help our kids or teens? I should say part of me thinks it would put more pressure on them because they feel like they have to step it up and they have to achieve. But on the other part of me, just even knowing my own kids, giving them a little bit more freedom and more agency to pick the things that they want to learn in the way they want to learn them. How is this helping or not helping kids with mental health? Right. That's a great question. And it's actually the reason my wife and I started this educational consulting service. When I was, I've been teaching in community college setting for the last 13 years and doing therapy and, and career and academic advising. And in that last 13 years, I've seen such a growing number of teens in my classes and in my office um, that uh, had opted out of traditional high school and were doing early college. And I got to read a lot of their essays that were rather intimate because the nature of the course was college success and personal development. And what I noticed were uh, that most of them really had not liked the social environment of high school. And when they went to the community college in a mixed age classroom, they were thrilled. Suddenly they weren't stressed socially. Nobody was in in or out groups. Everybody was accepted because the diversity in those classrooms is so great that they just felt like they finally kind of found their spot. And so what I realized, you know, my primary interest um, is, is mental health. And specifically, I'm very interested in teen mental health. I have teens as well. And I'd never seen an intervention that I could do in a therapeutic kind of setting where I could change one, per one thing in a person's life and have it so dramatically influence all parts of their lives. Um, and I was seeing that with early college and teens. So I'll talk about the benefits of the mental health. First, I want to talk about the scope of the problem. You'd mentioned like everybody knows teens are struggling and it's true. Most people do realize teens are struggling. There was a Gallup survey done before COVID of 5 million uh, students across the country. And they found that um, in elementary school, two thirds of the kids are engaged. In middle school, that went down to about a half. And then in high school, only a third of the kids were engaged in their education. So mm -hmm. when you have teens in high school that aren't engaged, they feel like it's a waste of time. They're just jumping through hoops. They're not making meaningful progress in their lives. And if you combine a social environment that's not working, it just takes the wind out of their sails. They're like, what's the point of this? And they can, <clears throat> they can get depressed, they can get anxious. Um, and so the scope of the problem, you know, if two thirds of teens in high school aren't, um, aren't engaged, that's, you know, 15 million kids in high school in the US. So, uh, so the scope of the problem is giant. 
so the the benefits to the mental health i talked about you know when teens just aren't engaged what that can do to their to their hopefulness to their um motivation so one thing when uh you'd mentioned like if 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 your teens had more um autonomy um over their choices you could see how that might be of interest to them. And it's true. Most of these teens that go to early college say, I can't believe how much I like school. I can't believe how motivated I am. Um, they, it was just a, a 90 degree or a 180 kind of flip to now my motivation skyrocketed. I feel like I'm finally making meaningful per, um, progress in my life. And I don't have the social environment that was distracting me. So, you know, Dan Pink, there's a great author that talks about drive and motivation. And he said, there's three key things that increase somebody's drive. And that's autonomy or independence. And early college students get a lot of independence and agency over their class choices when they want to go to school. So they get that. The other thing is purpose. So suddenly they're all saying like, wow, I see purpose in this. I get to take a class that I chose. I can see how it works towards my goal. And also they're not giving me a ton of busy work. So there's this autonomy and purpose that are two of the three kind of key factors in increasing motivation that are there in spades for early college students. So when you have a teen that's feeling hopeless or, you know, not motivated and they switch to something like that, it, it just, it just makes them come alive and they, they're suddenly engaged in school. The other thing that really impacts mental health is, is sleep cycles. How much rest are we getting? So teens, you know, studies show that when you become a teenager, your circadian rhythm change and you want to stay up a couple hours later and sleep in a couple hours more. I'd try to get my kid out of bed at 7, 7.30 for years. It was practically impossible. And he got up so grumpy. You know, he, he didn't have the rest he needed. So so with early college, what he does, and he's he's been doing it for three years now, it's been fantastic, but he sleeps in till 9.30 or 10, gets up on his own schedule and he's a different person. He's happy, he's rested. You know, a lot of it has to do with early college as well, but the rest is incredibly important. Yeah, don't get me started on my kids don't get enough sleep soapbox and their circadian rhythms and the fact that high schools, you know, the first bell rings at 7.20. I'm not, that's another podcast for another time, but it's coming. Yeah. So yeah, it's a big problem. So mental health is improved by by getting, oftentimes getting teens out of social or academic environments that just, they don't thrive in. Mm-hmm. Um, giving them something where they have autonomy, they can, they, they it feels purposeful. Um, not to mention a lot of teens are like stressed about how they're going to pay for college. That, and that stress, that financial stress plays into their family life their own personal hopefulness or, or sense of, of distress. And with early college, um, when you finish two years of, of high school or of college during high school, on average, that saves you about $50,000 in college expenses. So it can relieve, oftentimes I find it relieves the parents more than the child. The parents yeah. are like, yay, we're saving 50 grand. The kid's <laughs> like, doesn't really get the importance of that yet. <laughs> Yeah, but that you're right. That's significant. And the price of college just keeps going up. And there's all, you know, I, you read it all the time, or I read it all the time in the news, like putting ROI on a college degree 
especially finding return on investment when you're paying, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or more. So saving that much money is huge. Right. I mean, I started this kind of this crusade for early college based on mental health. And then my friends are like, Tom, you really need to help people understand the financial repercussions and the savings because that's bigger than you think. And so as I've talked to more people and helped them through the process, I have realized like that is right up front. That needs to be right up front with return on investment in education. You know, we have a, our student loan debt in this country right now is $1.7 trillion, more than double credit card debt. Um, The average student loan is $30,000. It takes 20 years to pay off and the payment is about $500 a month. So if a student can save $50,000 towards their higher education, that effectively means that they quite possibly won't take out any student loans. And that can really free them up. Also, the brilliant thing about early college is if you finish two years of college while you're in high school, you enter out of high school as a junior in college. By the time you're graduating, you still have extra money left over and also energy. You're not so burnt out. So you could be yeah. like, oh, I want to go get a master's degree. Or maybe between high school and early and, and university, you're ahead of your peers anyway. Go take a gap year. Use some of that right. money that you saved on tuition and the time because you're ahead of your peers a couple of years. Go take a gap year. I love that idea. I'm a big gap year fan. And we'll be right back after a quick break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I've done a couple episodes lately on helping neurodiverse teens navigate high school and beyond. Tell me how early college um, works. If you have a neurodiverse teen, will will it be harder or more challenging to get them going in this direction? I guess it probably depends on the um, the neuro the extent of neurodiversity. I've worked with a lot of neurodiverse teens in university and community college and helped them transition to early college. So I'll speak to the people that I've helped, how it worked for them. Somebody I helped two years ago um, is actually kind of lives in our town and um, was really not liking high school at all. Didn't fit in socially, has different interests, different ways of socializing than traditional high school teens do. So they might want to talk about, you know, pop culture, and maybe this person wanted to talk about history, you know, or so it was, it was hard for the connect. So I think sometimes, um, oftentimes anybody who doesn't fit in in high school is set up to have a hard time socially, but teens with neurodiversity are are especially susceptible to that. So what I've noticed is that when a teen with a neurodiverse uh, brain switches to early college, they are completely relieved. First of all, their 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 life previous, they just felt like it was terrible. They'd hole up in their rooms. They were they were miserable. And mm-hmm. they their parents oftentimes, you know, might be saying like this is the reason you need to go to high school because you need to socialize. You need to learn to socialize with your peers. 
my opinion is no, you will never actually socialize in that way, remove you from that situation. You know, in medicine, there's a, there's a motto of do no harm. Like, sure, we want to like go in and do surgery, but you don't want to, you know, do more harm than already exists. And when we live, leave our teens that aren't thriving or fitting in in a high school environment that's traditional, if we leave them there because, well, it's good for them, um, it's not. It's actually harmful. It takes, um, takes their, the wind out of their sails and it, it, it's not. So when they switch to early college, what they tell me is, and what their parents tell me is, oh my goodness, my, my teen has never been this happy. My teen, previously when somebody would say like, how school, they'd be like, it's fine. You know, now when they're asked how school, they're like, you know what? School's great. I'm in college. I'm taking calculus or I'm taking algebra two. I'm taking a history course. They're actually talking about what they're doing because it, suddenly it has purpose. And they also take pride. Teens that are doing early college take a lot of pride. So a, a neurodiverse teen goes from kind of being a misfit in high school to going into early college, getting a sense of pride, completely accepted on campus. Nobody's picking on. That's one of the beauties of community college. There's nobody getting picked on. There's no in and out group. So suddenly the person's brain in, in traditional high school, they're worried about what's going to happen socially. They're worried about what's going to happen during lunch. Their brain is living in, in their primal brainstem, their reptilian survival brain. It's not in the prefrontal cor cortex where learning happens. So when you take a teen that's stressed socially out of traditional high school and put them in early college, their brain suddenly is firing in their frontal lobe where learning happens. They're not living in fear. And so they're like, God, I, I'm learning so much better. And the teachers are better. And they have this experience of the educational environment being so much better. A lot of it, I think, is because their brains are actually able to be living where they need to live to learn well. Um, they also have, you know, neurodiverse teens have a lot of diverse interests that are maybe unusual. So they can dive into with early college students have, it's ironic, but, and I kind of feel badly about saying this, <laughs> but students in traditional high school are spending 35 hours a week sitting in class and then another 10 or 15 doing homework. They're dedicating 50 hours a week to school. The teens that switch to early college tell me, and this is the same true with my son, instead of spending 50 hours a week, they're doing full-time college and they're spending about 25 or 30 hours a week. They're getting credit for high school classes and college. And it makes you go, God, are the classes dumbed down in community college? Like, why is that? And what they tell me is, no, the classes are actually a little faster, but there's not busy work. They are so sick of busy work in high school. And so these neurodiverse teens with different interests have, all, have more free time in their day. So one of them that I'm thinking about that I helped recently, he wants to become a pilot. He's the often pilot. He's, he's getting a civilian pilot's license while he's doing early college. He has time to do that. They have time to get jobs. They have, so I guess the neurodiverse issue is, is exaggerated compared to the normal kind of the way people's brains work in high school. If neurodiverse teens have a harder time fitting in socially, that's even more important to remove them from that environment in my opinion. This is so eye-opening for me in so many ways. 
I, I love everything that you're saying. And I hadn't really thought about that, about the do no harm scenario that you gave, because I, I've had this conversation with parents about, well, my kid has to suck it up and make it work. And I'm like, yeah, but they're miserable. And, you know, as parents, it's like, you want to hold them accountable. You want, they need to learn to live in the real world, all that. Right. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, traditional education, as we know it today was built hundreds of years ago for a very different time and a very different population in a very different world. And to expect our kids to, our kids keep evolving. Every generation evolves, but school doesn't evolve with them. Right. Right. So we're plugging these square pegs in these round holes and we're saying, go learn, go be amazing, go do all the things. Yeah. And they're like, I'm so bored to death. I can't stand it anymore. Yeah. It, yeah. It really bothers me. Like we're adults in this culture and, and our teens hopefully trust us. They will trust us as long as we continue laying down paths in front of them that are functional, that they're well served by. But when we say, look, this this is high school, I, you got to do it, and it's not a path where they're going to succeed, they're going to lose trust in us and, and in our, our civilization as a whole. Like, that doesn't work. So the, the square peg round hole thing is, is so true. And customized education, that's what I consider early college to be. It's customized. Like, we don't want to customize... I mean, we, we customize everything, our homes, our cars. Why not our education? It's, it is right. like, to, I come from a, a family of educators. I have great respect for educators and it's not the educators that are the problem. It's like you said, the system hasn't evolved. So, you know, there, there's a big conversation. I know that you had like with son, Sam, I was listening to your podcast with him this morning and he's a big systems thinker and talking about changing the system assessment-based learning. And that's a big conversation with a big systemic change. The brilliant thing about early college, in my opinion, is it's a system that's already set up. There's no system kind of changing that needs to happen. Um, so it's access- it's accessible to us now, and we don't have to wait for systems to change, which takes a long time. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I loved that interview with Sun Sam. Um, and I I remember one of my very, very early days in this podcast when I was still just kind of connecting with people and getting guests. I had a conversation with a gentleman who's been in education for years and years. And I said, we need reform. We need education improvement and evolution. And he said, that's a really big ship to turn. And I said, yeah, I totally agree. Um, It's insurmountable at this point to me, Um, but somebody has got to turn it. And, And here I am over two years later, and there's been like no change. I mean, look, COVID put a huge damper on a lot of things, including education. Our high schools are so crippled by lack of teachers. And I mean, I know high school kids in in classes, honors or AP classes that don't have instructors equipped or substitutes, I should say, equipped to be teaching them their classes so they have to be learning their lessons on YouTube. Well, why waste your time yeah. in a high school class when you could do early college and get a better education in that topic and high school and college credit? Like, by the way, I'm like your big cheerleader, but the times there are changing 
like it or not. And also there are challenges like the teacher shortage and lack of system change and all that, that if we can't overcome those, we have to find ways where our kids can move forward. Right. Yeah. You, you know, COVID has, um, I talked to a teen recently and they were like COVID killed high school. And I have friends that are counselors in the high schools locally. And they said, Tom, we are losing like everybody. Um, it is really put, you know, high school was struggling anyway. So it has been super hard for, for high schools to pivot and provide good educational opportunities. And what I've noticed is, you know, you're asking who is early college good for typically, you know, I wouldn't say the president of your class who's active in all the sports and who socially fits in really well would want to go to early college. They're doing fine in high school. I've helped a couple of teens recently in the last six months who were exactly that student and they switched. And I said, I thought you were thriving in high school. And they were like, I mean, we can do all right. We can be president of the school and get straight A's and, and play sports, but it's not good. And they switched to early college and they're like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And I can still play sports and I can still hang out with my friends. It's just the, one of the things that's, that's significant is that when somebody switches to community college, they're in a classroom environment with people of all ages. And it scares parents sometimes like, oh my God, what is my teen going to be exposed to? I've taught in those environments for over a decade. And I can tell you that In classes where there's mixed age, including 15-year-old, 14, 16-year-old teens, it is a phenomenally interesting conversations that occur. When you break out and do small groups, those teens are learning. They're learning more from their peers than they are from me as the instructor. They are, and and these peers come, you know, mid-30s, mom going back to work or going back to school after working or combat veterans or you know, whoever, a lot of them are 20 as well, you know, waiting to go to university, but it's a, you have classroom discussions that are relevant. They're based in real life experiences. Like you can't have those discussions in high school. There's no life experience to really springboard off of. So the learning environment is so much better. And my son, when he switched, he kept saying the teachers are so much better at community college. And I was very quick to say, I don't think they are, Orion. I think what you're noticing is that They're not managing a class of 20 teens, half of which don't want to be there, trying to get them interested in a subject that's not relevant. Like that's an impossible task. They're sitting in front of a class with 20 people of all different ages. They've all paid to be there. They all want to be there. And they're free to teach what they're passionate about. There's no classroom management. So that's what you're noticing is teachers are free to teach. And the learning environment is rich and everybody's invested. Yeah. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I am a huge fan of community college, having attended community college myself um, and a bazillion years ago. But I will say even then, it was such a great learning environment. Um, Again, I've tried to talk both of my kids into start at community college. There's no reason not to smaller class size, more affordable. I mean, we could go on and on. And I could go on and on in this conversation. Like I could literally talk to you for probably two or three hours, but (laughs) for the sake of time, let's get to the actionable steps. Okay. So like first of all, for a parent who's listening right now and going, yes, my kid needs to do this. What do they do first? Right. So 
we've started a, a, they can explore it on their own. They can, depending on where you live, like you live in Florida, Florida is a great state that supports early college opportunities for homeschoolers. So, you know, depending on what state you live in, you could, you could register as a homeschooler and uh, they can get full-time college paid through the state. Um, Another route that we promote a lot is uh, finding a public charter school in your area that has an early college program. So what that looks like is, is a student will um, find a public charter school in their area. And it doesn't have to be like in their town because a lot of these programs can also be online because basically you're going to be taking classes at the community college. So I recommend a lot of people go in Oregon where I live to charter schools that are remote because they're really good. But you find a charter school that has an early college program, sign up for that, and then they give you all the academic advising you need, uh, your team needs to take the right classes at community college that will be double counted towards your high school diploma. So they provide all the academic advising. Sometimes they provide great career opportunities in advising. Um, you also get at community college where you're going. You have all those same resources. So you kind of get it as an early college team. You get it from the community college and your charter school if you're using the charter school option. Those are the two primary routes that um, that people use. There's some states that actually have what's called early college high schools that are just high schools all about early college, primarily in Texas. Um, that's another path, but that's that's still small. So you have a homeschool path and you have a public charter school path. You can do your own research in your area, and I welcome you to do that. Um, Jump Education, our educational consulting service, can also help you in that process. So we provide, you know, opportunities for parents to, you know, talk openly with their teen and us to find out where everybody stands, what are your goals, is early college a good fit? Um, so we can do those kind of preliminary preliminary discussions with families and their teens. Um, if early college is the fit, then we can help them figure out what the best pathway in where they live to do early college, um, to get the you know, financial savings and, and all of that. So it's, it's some parents can be like, I can figure this out on my own. And some parents are going to want more support. So that's what we're here for is providing that kind of support to parents. You can find us, um, you know, we're, we're on all the social media platforms. We're a rather new company. So we've really just jumped into social media uh, a couple months ago and we have presence on all the platforms, not Twitter yet. Um, so you can find us there, uh, or you can just go to jumpeducation.com and we have a great website with probably 25 student testimonials and parent testimonials, uh, about how early college was for, for these people and the parents, um, tons of information. We have free, you know, 15 minute consults. We're having a free webinar here pretty soon that we're going to have up. So we're, we're actually you know, this isn't about making money for us. Like, I don't really, I'm in a stage in life where it's just a passion project. So we've even considered maybe taking it the nonprofit route at some point, but we're definitely here. If anybody has questions, I would love to talk to them because I'm so invested in teens and I just hate it when they're in high school, traditional settings and they're not thriving and they don't know that there's an alternative. This is amazing. I am going to include all those links to all your social and your website in the show notes. I'm going to promote the heck out of you guys on my social media because I love the work you're doing. And I say this all the time too. I'm like, 
because people say, does podcasting bring in a lot of money? And I'm like, nope, (laughs) I'm not doing it for the money. It's just the same. I'm so passionate about it. And one of the best things about this is meeting people like you and knowing that there are people in lots of people in this space who are advocating for and and fighting for kids, for teens, yes. who, des- who deserve better. Yeah. You know, I really want to hit one thing before we wrap up. They do deserve better. And as a, as a mental health counselor, I've sat with thousands of people. And so many times I've been sitting with 30 and 40-year-olds that are still processing trauma that they experienced in high school. And I just remembered this morning from Dr. Sun Sam, who said, it took him, you know, he didn't really, he wasn't like the smart kid in high school. And he said it took him until he was 30 years old to recover from the trauma. And those were his words of, of high school and, and earning a PhD finally made him realize, oh, I'm not dumb. Like I'm a smart person. It took him until he was 30 and earning a PhD. So Once again, when we can get kids out of those traditional high school environments that aren't thriving, we can save them. That's the the formative years for people's sense of identity, their sense of self. And when it is through the lens of how well they're doing in a social environment that doesn't work or an educational environment that doesn't work, they, they develop lasting memories in their body of insufficiency, not being smart enough, not fitting in. Those things last for a lifetime. So if we can avoid that, it's amazing. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This is, I'm going to have you back. Yay. Oh, good. (laughs) I didn't ask you. I just told you, but I would invite you nicely. Um, But this is a topic that I I don't want to let go of because I think it's one one of the most important paths of the future for young people. I just, I see the evolution and I hate to say this because, oh, by the way, my mom was a high school teacher slash children's librarian. I come from a family of educators. I have lots of friends who are amazing teacher classroom teachers. This is not about the teachers. This is about the, the system and the environment that isn't working and isn't improving. And that has nothing to do with the teachers. So I have to, I don't feel like I have to say that. I want to say that because it's important. Yeah, it is important. Uh, I always like to say that too, um, because it's the truth. Yeah. You know, the teachers are not at fault. The teachers are doing their best trying to drive a, a 1908 Ford pickup down Mm a 21st century road. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. I might use that. Yeah. Thanks again for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely, Betsy. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and I'm honored to be on your show. I love your show. Thank you. Yeah. As you could probably tell, I am super passionate about early college. In my opinion, it's one of the most flexible and valuable paths for teens today. As Tom noted, there are some kids who will, in fact, thrive in traditional high school. But as evidenced through conversations I've had with parents just about every week, there are more kids than not who need something else, something better, something more customized to who they are, how they learn, and what they want to learn. Education was built centuries ago to serve learners of that time. The needs of today's learners have evolved and continue to evolve. 
And if we don't find ways to disrupt the current state of learning and get rid of the because we've always done it that way mentality, we're going to see students continue to defect from traditional school environments. It's up to all of us, students, parents, teachers, administrators, legislators, and society as a whole, to demand better for future generations of learners. They deserve better, and change needs to happen. I'd love to hear from you on this. What are your thoughts? Do you have ideas for implementing change? Please reach out to me via email or social media, and let's get this conversation started. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I'm grateful that you took the time to listen. Please share this podcast with someone who will find it helpful. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 114, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. And if you know of a teenager who's unsure of their next step after high school, a college student rethinking their future career path, or a young adult who just needs some guidance while evaluating their career choices, I can help. You can learn more about me and the coaching I offer at BetsyJewelCoaching.com. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.